0: Our TikTok is blowing up, by the way. And by that, I mean we've, we're have we starting. But but I'm very happy with our output so far. You should check out our TikTok, The Greg yeah. Cody Show. We're going to have some fun on there.
1: I think we have three ticks up there right now, don't we? Is that yeah. what you call a, an entry on TikTok? <laughs> no, it's called a you, just,
0: you just did, so we're doing it. Okay.
2: This is The Greg Cody Show
3: with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host. Greg
2: Cody.
1: Okay, well, I, I want to start with something that is universal, uh, something that involves uh, all couples worldwide deal with this at one time or another. Um, it, it doesn't matter your age, race, ethnicity, same gender or different, married or not. If you're in a couple relationship, you have dealt with this issue. A couple relationship. Okay? that's right. Now, uh, the three of us represent different stages of marriage. I've been married forever, since the 80s. Uh, Christopher got married in 2017. Yeti, you're somewhere in between. How long have you been married?
2: Uh, be 13 years in October.
1: Okay. So that's a big one, 13, by the way. Um, so <laughs> here's the issue. Um, restaurant boots, same side or opposite sides? Because I have strong feelings about this, and and uh, this is something that uh, your mother and I, Christopher, Uh, dealt with on the very first not the first date but early in our relationship uh, we went to a restaurant I think it might have even been a pizza hut and she sat down first and I sat down on the same side of the booth wow thinking thinking that's you know I'm being a little romantic I know yeah you're thinking (laughs) baby (laughs) yeah baby I'm you know I'm I'm just I want to make a good impression I you know for some reason I thought that's what she expected or whatever so I did that she didn't and say. It took a say, long
0: time. She didn't say anything to you in the moment, did she? No. Like, get on the other side. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, she didn't because, like I say, we barely knew each other at that time. You know, I think our only other quote-unquote date has, had been with another couple in the campus rascaller or something. So this was this was our first date, just the two of us. Uh, I was nervous. Uh, she was polite, didn't say anything, but but much later, much much later, she told me how weird she thought that was. Now, how do you two feel about that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I am with uh mom on this. I've never done that. I the only time I would ever allow something like that is if you're at one of those monstrosity of a booths that has like half booth, half two chairs. Right. And then then I want to uh, be on the same side cuz we both deserve to sit on a booth cuz we can all agree a booth seat is much better than a chair. So, uh I I deserve the, I I uh I definitely prefer the boot
1: half. Uh wow. That's for sure. The Yeti, bathroom.
2: how about you? So, I tried this once, sitting on the same side with an ex-girlfriend of mine and she, in the mo- Classic Greg. ...in the moment was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, eh, I thought it would be, you know, like romantic or whatever and it's it's funny i had never tried it with previous girlfriends and and yes i did have at least two girlfriends prior to this this girlfriend just gave off same side
0: of the booth to you so you were like i got you got vibes that's what she wanted but you were wrong
2: no that would be giving way too much credit for trying to read the vibe this was just you know i have an idea in my head this might be romantic so i'm going to try it out and i failed miserably so she Mm -hmm. shamed me in that moment into never trying that again now what about when you're with a couple Oh, then, yes, of course. Yeah, when you're with a couple,
0: you, you have to. See, actually, the the funny thing is about this, this is interesting, I think, is when it's a booth, you always sit next to your, your spouse. But if it's a table, it changes the dynamic. I've sat, like, with my, my wife's twin sister and her husband. We go out to dinner. I've sat at a table, like, next to my sister-in-law, and next to my brother-in-law different times, and that's allowed. But in booths, it's always like you sit next to your spouse.
1: That's true. And there's also a different dynamic in a car. Like when two couples are going to a restaurant, we we go out a lot with this uh, particular couple, and for some reason, uh, the other guy drives, and the two women sit in the back, and I'm in the front with the other guy. That's a weird dynamic to
0: me. (laughs) That's usually strange or no? No, we do that too. I think that's women usually like, you know you know men are like you know bulkier so like you know the man gets the more spacious area and the women that's like the way like my my wife and and sister-in-law will do that as well but they're like small so like it's like you guys can sit up front and we'll sit in
2: the back since the back is smaller If you ask me, it's I prefer to sit beside my wife. If you ask her, she's probably like, "Give me a break, you know." (laughs) (laughs) Can I have some space? Let me hang out with. Plus, like that—that is, if it's a double. Yeah, if it's a double date, usually like you're paired
0: off, like you know, like the the wives talk, the husbands talk, you know.
2: Well,
1: this this subject came up because um, your mother and I, Christopher, at a restaurant the other night, and we're doing our opposite sides thing, and I'm on the side where I can see the booth next to us, where it's a couple with their backs to us on the same side. Yeah. And so I'm getting to see the dynamic and play. And it's so weird because you're both, both people are facing forward, eating their meal. And then when they want to talk to each other, they both have to like swivel their heads awkwardly, you know, to talk to each other. It just doesn't make any sense.
0: I think it's a trait of young couples, not young in age, like early on in a relationship, like young in the relationship. Yeah. I think like, it's like a first six months, like I'm really into you. Let's let's let me hold your thigh as we uh, order this food. Right. Let me, let me feed <laughs> yeah, you. Exactly. Let me let me feed you a piece of bread.
2: Yeah, that's true. Like, you know Let what me I mean? hold like, your thigh and you're talking about like the chicken thigh <laughs> on your plate so you can eat it, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> both
1: thighs. Right. Exactly. And and another thing, we'll get off this topic in a minute because I could talk forever about this. But uh, an, another related topic is the whole holding hands thing. Like your mother and I are not hand holders. You know, we're we're walking as independent people. We're close to each other, but not holding hands. And I even said to her once, should we be
0: hand holders? <laughs> you know, we, we like analyze this. And she's like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. me. You know. I, I'll uh, me and my wife will like I'll grab her hand sometimes. She'll grab my hand, but it always lasts like 10 seconds. And then we have this thing where we squeeze And, like, when we squeeze, it's kind of like, all right, enough of this. Oh, okay. It's kind of like when when the other one feels the squeeze, it's like, all right,
2: we're letting go now. I hear you. I love the hand holding it, but my wife is a little different it, it kind of depends on the weather sometimes it's just too hot and uh other times like in the winter it's cold and she wants to put her hands in her pocket so uh it, it really just depends yeah, on Eddie, I'm catching vibes of you
0: that I th- you have definitely put rose petals down a hallway before or upstairs for
2: your wife maybe not down a hallway maybe not upstairs maybe somewhere else all right that's but, what uh, I mean <laughs> <laughs>
1: rose petals <laughs>
2: rose petals have been purchased yeah I'm the, I'm the hopeless romantic of the couple for sure for sure now um uh, chris have you ever had a a mix-up with the twin like baby (laughs) 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 have you ever accidentally like grabbed your sister-in-law's hand or something um no there have been times where we're
0: like out at like a bar like years ago like at a beer pong tournament and like i'll come out of the bathroom and like they won't be facing me and i'll like walk up and it's like oh and then like i have to realize oh wait that's not her but she, early on in our relationship i literally had to ask my friend which one was which cuz i had just met them <laughs> right and one of and her sister has like a beauty mark on her face so it's like that was my cue but uh now i can like tell them apart in like baby photos but yeah, yeah. i obviously i can tell them
1: apart now but i remember the first time i ever met christy's twin i th- i think we were in a pool hall shooting pool or something and Paul. i totally could not tell them apart. I mean, I I, yeah. and I think I went up to Christy and called her Corey or something. Um, so, <laughs> Classic in, anyway, twin mistake.
0: Classic twin exactly. mistake. Exactly.
1: And, and, and uh, as our dismount, before we introduce the show and move on, I want to say that um, I, I sent your mother red roses for birthdays and special occasions, anniversaries for decades of our marriage before she ever told me that red roses were the only rose color she didn't like. <laughs> wow. And so, uh, you know, she prefers the yellows and the pinks and the, and the mixes. But the red rose to her indicates uh, a funereal, sort of a deathly thing. Okay. Hmm. And so it would have been nice if she had told me earlier. But um, are we doing a podcast? Uh, you know what? Let's bring I on like this. a special guest. Let's just have a special <laughs> guest, because um, this guy I've, I've known for decades, speaking of which, I've known him almost as long as I've been married. Uh, Because I covered his Miami Hurricanes in from 84 to 88. Uh, He's the Hall of Fame coach, uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, the only man who has won a major college uh, national championship and a Super Bowl uh, pro football Hall of Fame. This coming weekend is his enshrinement, which is a word that always sounds funereal, like red roses, enshrinement. I think that's kind of a creepy word to have for it. But his name is Jimmy Johnson.
0: And in the spirit of the Olympics, we are competing for the podcast Olympics medal. We're trying to get a medal in the competition of oldest podcast in in terms of average age of everyone involved. So Yeti and I will not be taking place in this because we want to have like a nominee for that medal. So we will not participate here and we will submit this to the podcast Olympics in the following weeks. (laughs)
1: That could be, because uh, I'm up there, and Jimmy's older than I am. I was surprised to learn that uh, just a couple of weeks ago, in fact, he turned seventy-eight. Right. I couldn't believe it because he looks great.
2: Are you know, about still... to learn
1: this. Are we about to learn this in the interview? No, I don't bring I don't bring up his age. <laughs> oh. uh, but you know, people, everybody knows Jimmy because he's on Fox NFL Sunday. You know, putting up with uh, Terry Bradshaw for the last twenty years, and um, and and I think we have a great interview because in addition to talking football, we talk about his other passion in life—a real passion, which is fishing. He right. goes out on his boat
0: yeah, and just gets yeah. away from it all. It's great. Yeah. So I, I just thought you were going to do that thing where you like say every single thing in the interview. No, I'm te- the interview. this is called teasing an interview, which you almost Sorry. just did. That's why. That's <laughs> why if you heard me at the end there, Yeti, I was like just <laughs> literally jumping and like, okay, all right, yep, now please
1: stop
2: okay. talking.
0: Let's well, you know. I have a high-paid, a high uh, high-priced uh, p- production staff. And you know how you tee I... up? You're teeing up this interview right now? And I know I just yeah. interrupted you. I interrupted you. But I'm sorry. Yeah, you're an interrupter. <laughs> you tee up. You're, te- you're teeing up this interview. You're like one of those guys who tees the ball up six inches off the ground. Like, that's what you're doing now when you're teeing up this interview. Yeah, <laughs> it, it,
1: it is a big tee. I, I will say that. Edit edit what, out whatever you don't like. Leaving it in. In the <laughs> meantime, here's the great, the one and only, Jimmy Johnson. Johnson. Real honor to have this next guy on. I feel like everybody knows Jimmy Johnson uh, from the past 20 years on uh, Fox NFL Sunday. And of course the the hall of fame coaching career with the university of Miami and the Dallas Cowboys and later the dolphins. He's won everywhere. He's gone. And Jimmy, uh, thanks a lot for being on with us.
3: Good to be with you, Greg. Um,
1: You're finally, I say finally, because, uh, Uh, You you were inducted um, into the Hall of Fame last year, but the ceremony was delayed, so you finally get the the whole enshrinement (laughs) ceremony this coming week, and um, uh, we're going to talk about that uh, before long, because that's uh, fascinating to me, um, how you found out and and what your emotions are going into this week. But first, uh, I want to talk to you about something else, because I've always known you to have uh, a few great passions in life, football, family. And fishing, and uh, I'd like you to talk fishing a little bit because I know uh, when you hop on that boat, uh, it's like another world, and uh, it, it's become a real passion of yours. Um, uh, what What's a fishing day like
3: for Jimmy Johnson? Well, you know, fishing for me, uh, you know, at least half the time I go out by myself, uh, and it's relaxation. I I've Uh, it's so peaceful out on the water. I actually, I grew up in Port Arthur, Texas, right there on the water. Mm -hmm. A big uh, vacation for us was to go to the beach and pull a seine or maybe even be on the boat. So, you know, always being around water, I, I, you know, I love the scuba diving. I love the fishing. I love just being out there. And like I said, it is peaceful. And I go by myself, you know, mainly because you know if I'm out there by myself there's no pressure to catch any fish if I right. you know entertain people or take them on the boat uh then I feel like I'm kind of obligated to catch a big fish for them. right and so uh I, again uh, that's why I go by myself the other thing is I don't like to wait on people uh I'm a very impatient person right and so uh you know I normally get up four thirty every morning uh and you know it's I may go out before daylight. I'm usually on the water by daylight. And I don't, I don't like, uh, telling people we're going to go at six thirty, and I'm pacing the, you know, <laughs> back and forth about five thirty, waiting on them. Right. You know? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I go by myself.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure when you were holding a team meeting, if, if the meeting began at 8.00 AM and you got there at seven fifty-five, you were late, right? I mean, you wanted, uh, you wanted your guys That's there.
3: That's the way it was. Everybody knew that once I closed that door, uh, they weren't coming into the meeting and and, in fact, even when I was with the Dallas Cowboys, I know I irritated the owner, Jerry Jones. He tried to get in the locker room one time with Prince Bandar, and I'd already closed the door. Right. Uh, and he's banging on the door to get in so he could hear my post-game speech. And once they walked in with Prince Bandar and his big entourage – I just told, looked at him, and I looked at the team. I said, good game. And I walked off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. I remember something you said once, uh, speaking of those days, uh, uh, you were talking about how all players are not created equal, that if, if Troy Aikman falls asleep in a meeting, you nudge him awake. And if the the third string long snapper falls asleep, he's probably off the team.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I think that's the way it is in business or it, with any organization, uh, you know, I always told the players, I said, I'm going to be very consistent. Uh, I'm going to treat every one of you differently. Uh, and how I treat you is if you do everything that we ask you to do, if you meet the rules and regulations and the guidelines, and plus you're a good player, Right. Uh, I'm going to cut you a little bit of slack. Uh, but if you don't meet the rules and regulations, uh, if You know, you don't do what we ask you to do and you're not a good player, uh, then, you know, you better not mess up because if you mess up, you're not going to be around here. And that's the way it is. You know, if you're in charge of a company, your top salesman uh, comes in a little bit late one day, you're going to tell him to, hey, be on time tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if there's somebody there that's not contributing to the organization and they're continually late, uh, you're going to find you a new salesman. Right. It's, It's simple.
1: It's human nature. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, I want to get back on that boat for a minute because it interests me that um, when you go out by yourself, uh, what you're fishing for is sort of relaxation and solitude as much as actual fish, right?
3: That's exactly right. And the byproduct is I do catch a lot of big fish. and, uh, And so I'll come back and clean the fish and clean the boat and vacuum seal the fish and put them in the freezer. So it gives us a little bit to eat.
1: Wow. So you do all that yourself. Like you don't hire anybody to clean fish and all that.
3: I don't hire anybody to do much of anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, I tell you, you and I know you're not retired uh, because, you know, you're doing Fox Sunday NFL for the past 20 years or so. But uh, as far as football is concerned, you retired. Right. You got out clean. Uh, once you quit football, you never went back. Uh, you you live what seems like an idyllic life and in, in the upper Florida Keys and, and you hop on a boat. I mean, life's good for Jimmy Johnson, right?
3: yeah you know, life is good i um I mainly retired you know because of my family i um, you know I'd spent so little time with my two sons uh and one had had really struggled uh and then you know when I was with the dolphins, my mother passed away right. I actually you know flew to the funeral and wayne Heisinger was was nice enough to let me borrow his plane to go to the funeral you know I just you know it it, it was a realization that uh you know, I'd miss so much family time. Yeah. And since that time, I've spent a uh, spent a lot of a lot of great hours and days uh with my sons, you know, Brent and Chad, and they're doing fantastic, by the way.
1: Great. I'm glad uh, to hear and
3: it. uh and so it's been good family time for
1: me. Yeah, that's terrific. Uh what, what do you fish for, by the way? I I barely know which end of the rod to hold. I am not a fisherman. Uh, I would love somebody to bait my hook. I mean, I'm I'm totally not a fisherman. So, uh, what do you catch out there? I'm curious.
3: Oh, you know, I was out yesterday and caught a mahi, you know, a, oh. what they call dolphin down nice. here. Um, but you know, I'll catch tuna and and I'll catch occasionally. I'll catch a wahoo, which I really enjoy catching. You know, they're big and, and powerful and as fast as any fish in the ocean.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but but I, I catch about whatever gets on the hook. <laughs> I don't like to catch sailfish because they tangle up my lines. Oh, wow. Uh, and I've, I have actually caught and released five blue marlin fishing alone. Wow. Uh, and, and, you know, 250, 300 pound blue marlin. And then I have these fishing tournaments too, Greg. You know, I've got the one. J.J.'s Fish Week uh, there, uh, which has been tremendously successful, we, give it, we have given out over $10 million in prize money. Wow. Uh, and then we just had one in Atlantic City. Michael Jordan's fished in it the last three years. Uh, the winning fish was a 679-pound blue marlin. Good Lord. Michael Jordan's team actually came in third at that tournament. Wow. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I've been involved with the fishing tournament as well.
1: Wow, that's uh that's um what's the biggest fish you've ever uh boated?
3: Probably about a 300, 350 pound uh, blue marlin.
1: Wow. Now, Jimmy, when you uh catch and clean and store fish like that, um do you actually cook them or you're over a fry pan or what?
3: No. <laughs> uh my cooking is about like oh, my hiring of people. <laughs> I don't cook. <laughs> my wife does the cooking. <laughs> okay. How how's she doing, by the way? Uh Rhonda's doing great. great. Uh yeah, she she plays her pickleball and and I, I do a little bit of fishing and uh, so we have a great relationship. She's my best friend.
1: That's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jimmy, uh, one thing I've always admired about you, uh, and and this has been consistent as long as I've known you, and I've known you since 1984. I covered uh, U.M. football for those uh, five seasons. You were there, and it was the uh, I consider that to be the big break in my career. I was in my late 20s, I think, when when you came to Miami, um, you're a man who doesn't hide his emotions. I mean, you know, after a big win, you're not stoic. You show it on your face and I've never known any coach at any level who took losing harder than you. Didn't you once tell me that, um, the losses, something to this effect, the losses hurt more than the wins make you feel good or something of that nature.
3: Well, without question, uh, you know, the the losses, you know, like, Yeah, if I if I think back about my entire career, you know, of course we had a great run at University of Miami, but we lost two regular season games in four years, the last four years, playing a national schedule. I I think the last two years at uh, University of Miami, we had like a dozen teams that were in the top twenty, so it was a uh, we were on national television every other week. That was a great run, but you know, when I think about that, uh, the game that sticks out is the game that I you know did a poor job of coaching. Uh, when we lost to Penn State and lost the national championship, we had a much better team. Yes. You know, they they made one first down the second half and about 150 yards and you know, we, we had like 450 yards. Yeah. I, I, like I said, looking back, that's the game that stands out. Uh, but you know, we turned the ball over and we, if you turn the ball over, you're going to lose. I, I think it made me a better coach. Uh, losing that game. Cause I didn't lose another one, you know, at university of Miami.
1: Yeah. I was, I was at that game covering it and uh, it was 14 to 10. And um, I-, I guess the reason it hurts so much is that it- what, it- that may have been the best college team I've ever seen. You had uh, all over the roster. There were guys who were going to be playing Sunday the following season and um, uh, it was just a great team, but, but you, uh, you won a championship at UM, you won two Super Bowls. Uh, first coach, to ever win both uh, a major college national championship and Super Bowls. And you won in Miami, and some of the drafting you did in Miami uh, set up that team for years, including Zach Thomas and others. So the, the, the Hall of Fame uh, merit that you've earned is, is so deserved. And when I bring up you being an emotional guy, Jimmy, I've never seen you more emotional than I did on, on January 12th of last year of 2020, when uh, mountain of a man, David Baker, uh, turns the corner live on the Fox set and surprises you like that. Uh, and, and you were fighting back tears and the tears won that fight. Can you just relive, uh, that moment, that minute when he came out and you suddenly knew you were in the hall of fame?
3: Well, Greg, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I had an idea that I might go into the pro football hall of fame. Uh, a lot of the selection committee had called and said, you know, Hey, they thought I was going to be, in. Right. they didn't know for sure. And obviously I didn't know for sure. Uh, but you know, I thought if it was going to happen, uh, Dave Baker would have come out during the pregame show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when it didn't happen in the pregame show, well, I think, well, maybe, maybe later or, you know, in the week, or maybe I didn't get in. Right. And so our producer, uh, Bill Richards, who is the only person that knew it was going to happen, uh, told me, said, Jimmy, you know, at halftime, I'd like for you to talk about the the Seattle defense and the Green Bay receivers. I've got a video here. Right. Uh, and we had 35 million people watching that particular game. Right. It was a playoff game. And so, you know, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say during that video. I watched the video. We were getting ready for the halftime. And obviously, if you got 35 million people watching You don't want to screw up. And so my mind was on the Seattle defense. Sure. And so when David Baker walked out, you can't miss him. He weighs about 450 pounds. He's a mountain. (laughs) He walked out. Yeah, I just stopped breathing. And so, you know, the guys were going crazy. You know, they knew what was happening. Terry Bradshaw was jumping up and down. He's my best friend, him and Nick Christen. Yeah. And uh, Howie Long, he looked over and said, Hey, do you need your inhaler, you know, because <laughs> of asthma? You know, and Tony Gonzalez, everybody was just so excited. And so, you know, David Baker, you know, asked me about being the whole family, and I couldn't get words out because I wasn't breathing. Yeah, uh, but when I did get some words out, the first words were my the thought that came into my mind. Was the great assistant coaches and the great players that yep. I coached?
1: That's what you mentioned first,
3: and, and 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 that's what it was. You know, when I went in the College Football Hall of Fame, you know, you know, maybe I had something to do with assembling you know those players and coaches, uh, but they won the games. Uh, then I went in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Well, in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame with Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, Michael Strahan, Mitofsky, Jake, Jake Lavery. I mean, there, there's a reason you know, that. You don't do any of these things as an individual, right? And then with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I I coached, recruited, or drafted thirteen players in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Amazing! I worked with either coaching or broadcasting fourteen more, right? That are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Sure. So that's the thought in my mind is that you know I I have been fortunate, and maybe I had something to do with it, but I've been fortunate to be around a bunch of great players and great coaches over my entire career. Right. And uh, they're the reason that I was able to receive some accolades.
1: Yeah. And uh, not to mention, you also had the opportunity to uh, uh, work with Miami Herald columnist, Greg Cody, which had to be just such an honor <laughs> for you. When uh, <laughs> when are you in the um, the fishing hall of fame? Because you're in every hall of fame. You have to be in the fishing hall of fame, Right.
3: Oh, uh, I don't know. I, it, I've, I've received some awards and I've been on some magazine covers for fishing, <laughs> but uh, I don't know about the fishing hall of fame. Okay, well, I haven't set a whole lot of records there.
1: Well, we're gonna we're gonna start that campaign for you because uh, <laughs> uh, you've you've brought uh, good publicity to the uh, to the sport of fishing. Uh, speaking of that, have you ever been on a boat um, and something scary has happened? Whether it was weather related, whether it was just a, an intense fight with a fish anything particularly when you're by yourself uh it could get hairy out there
3: right oh it, it, I, you know i'm i'm pretty soft uh especially in my later years uh if if there's white caps out there and the wind's blowing i don't go
1: yeah i don't uh, blame you so
3: i always go in great weather uh and so you know never never really had any you know scary moments now when i first started captaining the boat by myself uh my wife Rhonda and I you know we had oh I think it was like a 40 foot main ship and you know we decided we were going to go to Bimini and the waves picked up and it was bouncing around and I would have been fine but she's looking at me all saying hey are you sure we can make this right and and it was the first time I'd ever captained you know the ship you're going across and uh I went about halfway and I turned around, and came back, you know, <laughs> but but never really had any real scary moments.
1: Jimmy, um, uh, how long did it take you to write your hall and in induction speech that you're uh, going to give in a few days?
3: Well, really not very long because, um, you know, I've been to a few of these things before, and of course, I presented Jason Taylor when he went in the Hall of Fame, and then, right. of course, the College Hall of Fame, which last about six hours, you know, with all their acceptance speeches.
2: Mm.
3: And, and, you yeah, know, there's a couple of things there. Um, you know, I, I told Troy Aikman, who's going to present me, I, I said, you know, it'll be the shortest speech in, in pro <laughs> football uh, Hall of Fame history. Uh, because, you know, first of all, they all start thanking everybody in the world. And and I started coming up with a list uh, of all the people I needed to thank, and I couldn't I couldn't do it. There's no way. I we had been there all night for me to thank yeah. all the people that's helped me in my entire career. Sure. And the other thing is that you know they wanted to scroll all the thank yous at the bottom of the screen, which they're going to do for a lot of the inductees. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I said if people are more interested and see if their name is on the bottom of that screen, you know they're not going to be listening to me. Right. Uh, and so there won't be a whole lot of thank yous in my speech. I'm just going to talk a little bit about uh, my family. Uh, and then it's going to be thank you. And I'm going to sit down.
1: Jimmy, can can you put into words why the Hall of Fame meant what it does mean to you? Um, it, it may be obvious, but I, I wonder how it compares with other career pinnacles, with winning championships, for example. Uh
3: Oh, yeah, I used to say that uh, the most fun time of my life was my five years at University of Miami. Yeah, and it was that way for a long time.
1: That was a wild ride. Ob-
3: yeah, obviously, you know, winning back-to-back Super Bowls, you know, that was rewarding as well. You know, mm-hmm. but really, the most fun time of my life has been right now. Uh, I have a great relationship with my family. I have a great marriage. Uh, I have a great life. I've been trying to retire from Fox and NFL Sunday for the last 10 years and they won't <laughs> let me retire. <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, I, but, you yeah, know, that's my friends. Right, know. right. I, I really, you know, Terry Bradshaw and I, we'll sit there in a suite, you know, out in Los Angeles and we've got three TVs set up. We'll watch college football all day Saturday. Uh, and Kurt Minifield come over with us, you know, and, and so, you know, it's just a great time. You know, then we we do the show. You know, we've been doing the show for so long. You know, yeah, we don't really have any rehearsal. Everything's ad lib. Uh, but we have such a great relationship with each other. You know, somebody can screw up a word, and mispronounce it, or something, uh, stray hand, or whatever, whoever. And we can bust each other's chops the rest of the show and just have a ball.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's,
3: it's really a great group.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you can't fake that kind of chemistry. And when, when you watch Fox NFL Sunday, it's, it's obvious that you guys are tight, that, that, uh, that you do that. You know you, it, And it's wonderful to hear. That's why it's been such a success. Uh, Jimmy, you, uh, because of the pandemic, uh, you did that show remotely last year. you Are you going to be back in the studio this year?
3: Yeah, I, I, you know, I talked to him. I said, "Listen, I, I'll, I'll give you three options." I said, "You can save some money on the budget, and I'll retire." You know, uh, they said, "Well, that's not an option. We're not taking that one." <laughs> I said, "Okay, well, I'm not coming to LA every week." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they said, "Well, how many times will you come?" <laughs> and so we've kind of worked out. You know, our our top ratings are is the OT and when we have double headers. Right. Uh, that's our big games. America's game of the week uh and you know there for quite a few years i didn't stay for the ot in fact i just did the pregame show and i i came home and so uh i I said listen i'll I'll just go out. since i'm going out there i want to watch all the games anyway um i'll do all the double headers and i'll stay for the ot uh and in the single headers uh i'll stay here at home and we'll have a camera set up here and i'll do the show from here and so they agreed to that so I'm still on Fox NFL Sunday. Excellent.
1: I I would love to see um, you do that show from your boat. You know, with a rod in your hand, you're in the middle of catching a big fish while also right. discussing the game with uh, with Bradshaw. That would be fun. Uh, um, Jimmy, before we let you go, and I'm so appreciative of uh, you being on with us and allowing us to catch up. Um, you're the only human being on earth who's been a head coach of both the Hurricanes and the Dolphins, and I'm curious. Uh, when it comes to the Canes, um, they got to find a way to to get over that Clemson hurdle if they want to get back to where they want to be. Uh, what's what kind of a job is Manny Diaz doing, do you think? And and how do you see the state of the Canes right now?
3: Well, you know, Greg. In all honesty, it's going to be difficult for them, you know, to look back and say, okay, like it was, you know, they you know, in the '80s or '90s, you know. Uh, I mean, we were an independent um yeah we played a national schedule, um, yep. you know, nowadays, every game's on t v back then, there was one national game, and then there are a couple of regional games, well, since we had a national schedule, you know every other week it was either Oklahoma or Michigan or Florida or Florida State yep. or South Carolina, you know you know on and on, you know all these teams that we played back then. And so we were on national television about every other week. So we were able to recruit some great, great players. Uh, and, you know, the big thing is we won all those games. Yes. And, and so, you know, it's, it's, I think it's going to be hard. Now, every, every university around, you know, they're on, you know, TV every week. And so it, it's a matter of collecting talent. You know, that's what wins. I, I realized how much talent we had at Miami when I went to Dallas and, I realized that my Miami teams could probably beat the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Right. Uh, Because they, they, Tom Landry was a great coach, but he had had three straight losing seasons and they were three and 13. Yep. And, and so, yeah, I I think Manny's doing a good job of of getting talent. I think, you know, from everything I understand, they're recruiting extremely well. Uh, I think they're a well-coached team. Uh, I really like, you know, what they did last year, especially offensively. And I think, the defense will pick up. Uh, so, you know, I like what he's doing. I, I, I'm pulling for him a hundred percent. He's been down here a couple of times with his staff and I visited with him and, and uh, I, I'm in his corner all the way. Right.
1: Did you have Manny out on your boat or no?
3: No. Yeah. I, we went, actually we talked football more than we did boating. <laughs>
1: okay. um, Jimmy on the, on the pro side of town down here, the dolphins are, have completely retooled in the past couple of years, uh, building from the ground up with, uh, with draft picks. Um, now the, at the helm, Brian Flores and, and Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, how do you see the state of the Dolphins?
3: Well, I, I, I like what they're doing. I, uh, uh, Chris Greer and, and uh, Brian Flores had me uh, there a couple of years ago talking to their uh, coaches and their scouts, You know, talking about acquiring talent and what I was looking for in talent. And I was extremely impressed. Um, and I have talked to Chris a couple of different times uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, I think I think they're doing a tremendous job. Uh, they're, you know, they got draft picks. They were able to make some trades. They were doing some things that, you know, that I, you know, I would have done. And uh, so I, I think they're doing a great job. I think they're an extremely well-coached football team.
1: Excellent. Is there, is there... One type of fish that you've never caught is there. Is there something out there that uh, that you wish you could pull into the boat that's just eluded you for all of these years?
3: Nope, nothing's out there that that I not desperately that I hadn't caught. Okay,
1: <laughs> Jimmy, uh, we'll let you go now. And uh, I want to tell you personally, it's it's a great honor for me to have you on. I know you don't do a lot of podcasts, and um, and and you've been an important part of my career. And uh, I really thank you. It's good, good catching up with you.
3: All right. Thank you, Greg. Enjoyed it. All right. Stay well.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
2: In Williamsburg,
1: Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing, whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker.
2: You'll find what you came for here, and more. So
1: ask yourself, what is it you want?
2: Discover Williamsburg
1: and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Want to track the kittens like a fancy lad? Well, a little dab will do you, and two will do you double. Brill Cream. Guys, put your hands on your tube and squeeze. Brill Cream. in it. Brill Cream, a little dab will
2: do ya. Brill Cream, what's the matter to you? Fancy lad must always look so definite. Brill Cream, a little dab will do ya. Brill Cream, what's the matter to you? All the ladies love a lad with Brill Cream. Real free.
0: I feel like I'm always just the jerk on this show, but uh, I just want, like did, did Jimmy Johnson really mean that much to you in your career? Like were you just kind of, you know, well uh, the Miami hurricanes in
1: 84 to 88 when they were, the one of the talks of college football, a national team, uh, a, a championship team, uh, that was my first major beat. So that was the first time I was covering a team that I really felt like the whole country was interested in, in some yeah. way. And he was a very colorful coach, uh, wore his passions on his sleeve and on his face. And w- it was very bold, uh, so, outspoken. Yes. He was great. I really enjoyed the hell out of covering him. So happy to have him on, uh, Philip Bailey, the lead singer of uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, is no longer the only Hall of Famer who we've had as a guest on this uh, podcast. Um, had to talk about Simone Biles for a minute because uh, for withdrawing, uh, she's the talk of the summer games mm-hmm. uh, in my mind. And it's disgraceful to me that she's gotten a lot of criticism from people who've called her a quitter when she's withdrawn uh, largely because of mental health issues. and And I think she deserves... All kind of
0: empathy. Uh, anybody uh, among you two uh, want to call her a quitter? I do not want to call her a quitter. I mean, it is, it's is—it's just crazy how, you know, you have the people holding up. Like, who was it? What was the girl's? It was a Carrie Strug. Right,
2: right. With the
0: ankle. Like, that's the thing you see. But it's people just don't appreciate mental health as being that type of injury. And, like, I just don't understand the criticism of her. It's, it seems pretty weak.
2: Yeah, I don't get it either. Um, We all have a stage that we operate on. um, And sometimes I even with my with my spouse, with my wife, I have to tell her, hey, like, you know, I've been going through, through some stuff this year and I've had to tell her a couple of times this year, I'm not with it today. You know, and she has to carry more of the load that day. And she's had to do the same with me. We yeah. all have. And that's the stage I operate on I'm um, at work. It's at, at my day job. It's I'd rather lose you for a day than have to lose you for a month because you didn't take care of yourself, you know. And yep. so it, it's that same mindset. Her stage just happens to be in front of the whole world at the Olympics. Either way, it's the same, you know, when, when it comes to sometimes we can't perform our job. And and so I appreciated her willingness to say, not today. It can't happen. Isn't it just crazy, though, that she is capable of getting the, essentially, it's
0: called the twisties in yeah. gymnastics, of just essentially the yips. Right. Like where she, she like the greatest we've ever seen at this is just can't, just is like in the air and like losing her balance. And it's just like, oh, it's like crazy that it's like the mental games of like, you know, these sports where you're alone, man. You know what I mean? Like I know they're a gymnastics team and they are a team, but these sports like golf and tennis where you're alone with your thoughts and it's just insane like how crazy the mind can be at like just ruining everything.
1: Yeah. And, and that sport in particular, I was saying that the other night I'm, I'm watching this woman from another country uh, do backflips on a balance beam, which is four inches wide. And imagine the pressure of doing backflips on a, on a beam that narrow uh and you could you know tw- really break your
0: ankle and and fall and and do something catastrophic and you on a balance beam is a funny visual i mean oh me God. too i mean all three of us. i'm not like can we get that for tiktok i'm not th- yes No. Oh. <laughs> by the way our tiktok is blowing up by the way and by that i mean we've we're we're, we're starting but uh, but i'm very happy with our output so far and uh you should check out our tiktok the greg yeah. cody show we're gonna have some fun on there
1: i think we have three ticks up there right now don't we is that yep. what you call a an entry on TikTok? <laughs> no. It's called a You just
0: you just did so
1: we're doing it. Okay. Uh, hey, NBA free agency is is underway now, um, and in Miami down here we're going to be not hearing. As cra-
0: but it's not as crazy as MLB trade deadline. I just oh, want to say that!
1: Oh my gosh! I mean, I, I know Max Scherzer is a little bit beyond his prime now, but uh, the Dodgers getting him to me—that's
0: the big yeah. deal of free agency, right? I mean, I'm kind of looking at it through the Marlins prism, which is a prism nobody wants to look at it through. So, you know, the Marlins made a lot of moves. But, yes, that obviously – it's not fair what the Dodgers are doing. Like, I don't understand. That rotation is sick. It is. They have three pretty great teams in that division. Um, The, the Marlins, though – I said that rotation, didn't I? But
1: in the division, they, they also
0: have uh, – <laughs> Both, both are sick. accurate. Uh,
1: rotation is sick and the division is sick. Right. But the Marlins, uh, in one fell swoop, trade away their best hitter. Marlon uh starling Marte, who's had a 307 average and their leading slugger adam duvall who has what 22 home runs it, it's
0: the white. they're waving the white flag you know i mean well but they can... this team is not good though so it's no, like they're what not are, what are they punting on they're trying to reload with prospects like they are that's and, why and like, I'm, not... I'm i'm seeing marlon's yeah. fans on twitter like freaking out like this is a big thing like oh were you really attached to adam duvall like even Starling Marte, he's a good he's a good hitter, but if he's your best guy, you're not that good. So it's like that's true. Like to me, as long as we keep and we're and we're recording this literally in the middle of the trade deadline, so like these guys could get moved after we record. But as long as they keep Sandy Alcantara and Jazz Chisholm, like right. those are the only two guys to me that like I see like all star potential.
1: Well, you know, no nobody questions that that they are raising uh, good young pitchers, particularly starting pitchers. But they need more than Jazz Chisholm. They need other homegrown uh, bats, and one of them, uh, supposedly uh, uh, a replacement for Marte, could be uh, JJ Bladé, the outfielder. Ah, that guy's... But I checked today, and uh, he's he's batting a buck ninety nine in Double (laughs) A, so he doesn't look (laughs) like somebody who's ready for MLB right now. So uh, I think the Marlins are going to be
0: good in a couple of years. Richard Blyer, also untouchable, my high school teammate.
2: I've been, I've, I've actually been more interested, more so than the moves the Dodgers made. I was more shocked at what the Cubs are doing. I don't know yeah. if you can. I've, it's interesting because I've actually not paid attention to what they're bringing back in. I just the the all I saw yesterday was Anthony Rizzo, and that felt weird. Like I'm not a Cubs fan. Yeah, it's the end of an era. But like, yeah, but to see him go, it reminded me back. I could relate because you're know, growing up a Braves fan. I, Dale Murphy was my first hero, and he was never supposed to leave. And when he went to the Phillies, it, it broke my heart. So I don't like, know if
0: Anthony Rizzo's on this level. I mean, I guess <laughs> I know the last like eight years, he's like, he, if when you think of the Cubs, you think of Anthony Rizzo. Right. So I'm with
2: that. Yes. And, and that's the thing. The Braves were terrible in the 80s, man. They were really bad. But whenever you thought of the Braves, you thought Dale Murphy. And then when he left, it was, it was just uh, now they, of course, went on their, their wonderful run of, you know, division championships after that, but still like, it's just weird to see Rizzo gone. And who else did they get, did they get rid of? They, um, well, like, once again, we're doing this, like as the Javi
0: Baez deal is like being done. So I don't know if that's official yet, but Javi Baez was going to the Mets,
2: I believe. Yeah. It feels like they've given up on the year too. And they're and just trying to find a way to reload. One of the great things I love about sports is that um, it seems like there's more movement now,
1: more trades, more big free agency moves. I mean, we that's probably not true. Oh, I think it feels like it is to me.
2: (laughs) I think we say that
1: every year though. No, because, because in addition to what normally happens every year, you now have athletes, um, feeling empowered and forcing trades, uh, like, you know, the James Hardens. And, and so now, uh, you know, you have Westbrook with,
0: um uh, the Lakers and and Free. Agency That's exciting. I'm excited about I'm excited about that. I like Russell Westbrook. I'm excited to see him playing a good team again. He was being wasted in Washington. He he really was. Uh I, I have read that he's a weird fit with the Lakers, but to me you well, just, add cause shoot, just cause he can't shoot. Just because he can't shoot. And that like you want to put shooters around those two. And but he he he's so good, man. He's a triple double machine. Like the way he gets yep. to the rim. I know he is older. His game's not going to age, but it's just that's just exciting to me. Like and it's actually a perfect thing because I don't want them to be that good that if like the Heat ever get good <laughs> that we can beat them. But it's like it'll they'll be interesting, which is what we want. We don't we don't want them to be so great like if they got Bradley Beal, I'd right. be like shit. They're right. going to win the next 4 titles. Russell Westbrook is like not that great that like it's just an interesting piece that I'm happy they, they right good with it. Yeah.
1: And and uh and speaking of of uh guys who don't shoot that well, uh Ben Simmons is available and Uh the Miami Heat reportedly are one of a few teams that
0: have a shot to get him. I would take him. Jimmy Butler basically like hated him. Like he's the reason that he hated being in Philly. Like that I I I know I've seen those reports too, but it's
2: just like zero sense. Okay. Yeah, I don't want him on the heat. Not at all.
0: So we
1: want Beal or or Dame. We want Lillard or Beal, is that correct? Oh, give me Dame all day.
2: Yeah. Let's have both. (laughs) <laughs> Why not? And let's get everybody. Can we get 90s yeah. Michael Jordan? Let's go. Sign them right.
0: up. <laughs> wait, are you are you getting out there with the take that Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard would really improve the Heat team?
1: I, I am. That's my wow. take of the week. I don't think anybody else has said that or thought it. I mean, uh, but I'm announcing it right now that if the Heat get Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard to combine with Adebayo and uh, and Butler and his coffee company, the Heat win the championship. There's no question.
0: I guarantee it. How about that? What do you think Jimmy Johnson's doing after like right after that interview, like what do you think he's doing right now?
1: You know, I think he's saying to his wife, Rhonda, um Rhonda, I love Greg Cody so much, and that had to be the best interview I've done in decades.
0: He has this southern drawl that I can't imitate. He needs a cigarette, basically
1: <laughs> and that's right
0: it, it, he's orgasmic uh i with joy <laughs> is isn't over there some, having isn't there some real old song he always used to sing with Rhonda in it?
1: Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me get her out of my heart. See, I like.
0: I just help,
2: help as run. soon as I yes. heard Rhonda, I was Thank like, "This that brings back, me huh?
0: back to my dad embarrassing me with a song in public." What are you talking about? I'm saying when I heard when I heard you say Rhonda, I was like, "I, I picture my dad singing that song terribly somewhere." Yeah. <laughs> well, you should because I have, and you've heard it. I'm one of these people who. You're one of the bad people, boys. You're one of these things anyway. You're, you're one of these people that likes to always say I'm the kind of guy and I'm one of these people. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. the kind of that's the kind of people you are.
2: <laughs> that's true. Greg and Cody, that, man of the people.
1: That's an homage to my late great friend, Alan Cherry, uh, who said uh, and, and the phrase that kind of thing is also Alan Cherry. Thank
0: you, Alan. R.I.P. And so was so I'm the kind of guy. By the way, keep up the uh, the decal requests, Dad. Give the oh adjust. no. We want to like my dad is regretting doing this secretly okay. because of how many requests he's getting, so it's turning into a lot of work for him. And we want to amp that up. Okay. So we want to keep it coming. We want more. If you if you've been thinking about it, do it because we want to like we want more and more of these. So my dad has to keep spending his afternoons packing mail. Actually, we don't. Uh, this is taking <laughs> hours out of every
1: day for me now. And keep it I, coming. Know. No. Give the, say, give the address. Give the address. We gotta no, no, go. We no, gotta no, get no, out. No. no, no. We're not giving the address anymore. Uh, go back to previous say, episodes. Listen. Find the
0: address. Sell right. you more. Can do Ramp that. it up. Ramp it I up. I can't.
1: I can't prevent you to, from doing that. But I'm. Um, I'm a stat freak, and so I want to give you a couple of stats here. Uh, we've given away about 400 decals so far. Uh, almost 200 uh, fans of the show have called in from 37 different states and Canada. Uh, you'd expect Florida to be number one, but the outpouring has been crazy. We thank you all, Pod family. Uh, come back, keep listening, uh, subscribe, rate, review, uh, like, whatever the hell you do, keep doing it. Uh, thank you, Portugal, Philippines, Dominican Republic, Croatia, and Israel, in addition to the Grand USA for supporting us so much this past week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Help me, Rhonda, help me get a ride of my heart. Bum 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 Help me run. Help, help me run. Who help me run? Help, help me
0: run. Ooh.
1: hang on. Hang on.